steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we're talking... <laughs> I couldn't even do that sentence without laughing. We're, we're talking another Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this one might be the worst one to date. Um, everything we said during the pregame show was, in fact, wrong. And we're going to have to deal with that today. So we're going to go through this... Uh, this 40 to 23, 23 shellacking of the Minnesota Vikings against the Atlanta Falcons in week six. We're going to try to find some upside, but I'm sure there's going to be far more things to be negative about um, on this. So uh, prepare yourself accordingly and uh, let's uh, let's get her started here. So we always start our game reviews with the quarterback position, regardless of win or loss, right? Because for obvious reasons, right? I mean, the, the quarterback position generally is the biggest component of a victorious team. And in the Vikings case, especially yesterday, the quarterback for the team was probably the biggest proponent of why this team lost and lost in such a in such a way that it was like, I'm not even mad. You can hear by the tone of my voice. Like, I'm not even mad about this loss. It was just like it was so it, it was such a waste of time is really what that game was for me. It wasn't that, you know, I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan. I'm a football fan. So ultimately I'm going to continue to watch these games, but yesterday's edition in particular, the way that Kirk cousins played, the way that the team around him played in response to his poor play was simply a waste of my time. And I'm not saying my time is valuable either, but that game was <laughs> my time. Yeah, that, that was it was bad. And I think the, so what we talked about last week after the Seattle game was that, you know, we thought the Vikings might be a good one in 14, right? Like you talk right. about DVOA rankings and you talk what about, about you know, the, the strong you know opponents and the strong schedule they had played and they were keeping it close against a really good Seattle team. And we're like, okay, well maybe they've turned a corner here. Right. And yeah, no, so uh, this was, I don't know what it is, but Kirk Cousins has turned into Jameis Winston this year. Like he's like hucking the ball down the field, right? Like his his depth of target, I think, is way uh, way higher than the second best in the NFL or second highest. So he's chucking it downfield, and uh, of course the interceptions are also up. He's throwing into really tight windows at a higher rate than he usually does, uh, and they're usually dumb decisions. So there, something's off with Kirk. Like obviously Kirk isn't. You know he's had his faults before. Right. Right. Uh, but the decision making is clearly different to me this year because he's usually been conserved. Like the decisions we, we've hated Kirk for, uh, or I guess hated on Kirk for, have been checking down on third and 12 or, uh, you know, not getting out of the pocket when the pocket's collapsing. And he's still doing that. But now he's throwing into questionable windows way more often now. And it's resulting in those interceptions. And um, it's just, and the, they're killing the Vikings and 
ultimately this game to me is officially closed the book on any postseason hopes or any type of run down the stretch because I just don't see how you can lose to an 0-5 Atlanta team that had been trying to lose games essentially prior to this week and let that team come in and dominate you and your home turf. So last week I made the argument alongside you that the Vikings, like you said, were a good 1-4 team that through five games, had they had a preseason, it might be a different result. But ultimately what we kind of came down to last week was that the record wasn't good enough to give this team a true opportunity, right? Like being one and four through the first five weeks of the year, just it straight up just puts you in such a bad hole that like, even if you are a very good team, which we thought the Vikings might be, it's difficult to climb out of that hole. So last week was the, the week that I closed the door on the kind of the objective outlook, right? Like looking at the record, looking at the standings, that was when I was like, all right, the Vikings are probably out of it here. And like you said, this week closed the book on this team being good. There's no more argument for that yeah. anymore, right? You get one stinker per year, and you can call that, you know, an outlier. We already had that one, and that wasn't that long ago. Now we get a second one here, and this is the worst performance that I've seen in a really long time from this football team. It's not just Kirk. I can drown, like, you know, we can, and we might, who knows. I could drown your ears off about how bad Kirk Cousins was yesterday, but it wasn't just him. Yes, the three picks sucked. Timing of the interceptions sucked. Mm -hmm. The fact that they basically just handed the second quarter to Atlanta. Like, Atlanta just had the ball during the second quarter. The Vikings just didn't want to have it. They just gave it away. But it was everyone else, too. Alexander Madison, 0 for 2 on the goal line, followed by Mike Boone, 0 for 1. So the running game couldn't do anything without Dalvin Cook there. Imagine if, if Madison scores on that drive. Game looks probably a lot different, like in theory at least. I mean, some of the complications that arise later in the game may still yeah. happen. But my point being here is that the Vikings were giving the ball to Atlanta so much, they scored 10 points every single quarter in rhythm. They just had the ball the entire time. Young Way Koo couldn't miss, so good for him. I mean, nothing you can really do to stop a really hot kicker like that. But this team was 0-5 coming in. We talked about this in the pregame show. This is a team with a lot of guys who are quality, talented, former All-Pros, but not a whole lot left there. Most of these guys are over the hill. Julio Jones looked like he was 23 again yesterday. Matt Ryan looked like he was the MVP again. 371 on 75% completion. Four touchdowns, no picks. Dude, like, of course it's 40 points. It should have been more. It should have been more. It should have been more. They did not, like, the Vikings did nothing they right. They settled in this for game. field goals a lot. And it, yeah, it's, it's it, 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 I saw the, you know, the number is Mike Zimmer's, as Vikings head coach, has never allowed more than three 30 point games in a season. And that's his third one of the season right there to Atlanta through six games. Uh, so he's on a pace that's going to destroy, you know, his previous, uh, you know, track record in Minnesota. Uh, so like there's, there's so many different ways you could go with this that, I mean, there's only one positive to me and it's Justin Jefferson. I don't know how much time I want to spend on that, but clearly he's the only positive here. Everything else is, is mostly just Kirk picked up his garbage time numbers. Uh, whether you realize it or not, he threw for 343 yards and three touchdowns. So hopefully Kyle Shanahan pay attention to that part. Uh, but then, you know, throwing three awful interceptions uh, in your own territory, I believe all of them were in his own territory. 
giving, you know, and we, like we said on the pregame show, like this offense for Atlanta has playmakers and there there's good players on that offense. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Todd Gurley. There's a lot of talent there and you can't give that offense that field position that many times in a row and then they come, expect to come back and win the game. And so it, it just ke- it seemed like the the problems kept coming, the mistakes kept coming, and there's just no there's no discipline, there's no heart, there's no motivation. And uh, I mean, I, I you you start to wonder, you know, how warm is Mike Zimmer's seat? Well, it it should be pretty warm if it's not. And I think you know just from this game alone. You know, we talked about kind of the Mike Zimmer factor in this game, right? How he never loses to Atlanta. And you just mentioned he never allows 30 points. Well, even more so, he never allows 40 points. This like this is a straw that broke the camel's back type of game, right? Like, Because the things that Mike Zimmer is supposedly the best at, and I'm not going to say he's not a defensive guy now just because he's having one poor season in Minnesota. He's been a great defensive coach for many, many years in the NFL his entire time in Minnesota with the exception of his first year and this year have been excellent as well. So I'm not going to just all of a sudden be like, okay, Mike Zimmer doesn't know what he's talking about, but whatever he's talking about, it's not getting through to this team right now. And I hate to be the guy because I don't know what their body language looks like. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know that he's lost the room, but something's not working. I think it's partially. I, I, I have issue in the fact that he doesn't take accountability as well as you would hope. We talked about this before, I think, on a previous recap of a game or whatever. But, like, you know, he was saying that the onside kicks stinked by Dan Bailey. Like, that had – if Dan Bailey gets one of those or two of those onside kicks, they like can still lose that game. Like, the problem is that you have to kick an onside kick in the first place. The fact Who's that you're down that? three Who's possessions. Fault is that? The fact that your defense can't stop yeah. a nose Thank you. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. And so – and I get the personnel is different. I get that it's very there's a lot of inexperience. The corners, you know, Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dantzler, uh Harrison Hand played a lot yesterday. Like there's a just, lot of guys. Can we just stop guys. for one second and say that Cameron Dantzler is being asked to take on too much too soon? Like this guy oh, was yeah. a third round pick all for a reason, are, right? All all Gladney Hand, you know. Uh, but Dantzler are, in particular, I think, and I've criticized him. And rightfully so, because he was out of position. He wasn't doing the right thing. He wasn't getting his head around. He wasn't executing proper technique. But all of that being said, he was just asked to cover Julio Jones in his sixth career football game. In a season where he's also been asked to cover Devontae Adams and, you know, everyone else that's come to Minnesota's way. Cameron Dancer has been the guy to do it. You can't scapegoat a guy who's not properly prepared. That seems like it's either on Mike Zimmer for throwing him into the fire too early, something that he has to take responsibility for, or it's on Mike Zimmer for not developing him properly, which I'm not saying is the case, but it's one of those two things. It's a coaching error when a rookie is out there floundering. It's it's on the coach at that point for putting him in a position where he's not able to succeed. I don't think Cameron Dancer is ready yet. I think he's shown a lot of great skills but he's shown to me that he is not ready to cover a guy like Julio Jones. He's at the best a number two corner right now. And unfortunately the Vikings don't have the opportunity to put someone in front of him. See, you, you thought it was a, I mean, it is, it's a coaching mistake, but at the same time, part of it's roster construction. Like, right. If your best cornerback is a rookie third rounder, and that seems like that's how they're handling things. They're handling it as if Dantzler is their best cornerback. And you get, you picked up this guy in the third round of the draft. 
you know, something went wrong with the way you built your team, the way things fell apart in the offseason, and the way you rebounded from that. And so that's part of that's on Rick Spielman. Right. Uh, you got to blame agree. him for a little bit of that, too. So there's a lot of things compiled together. And I think the, I'm sure a lot of it, too, was there was this um, confidence and potentially an arrogance, too, to the fact that, you know, Mike Zimmer can just build a defense with anybody. And right. you, because you, you kind of got that feeling with 2015, 2016, 2017, like these guys, it was a homegrown defense. A lot of guys that were drafted and um, some free agent signings that weren't, you know, big names. And he formed them into a, an elite defense. Right. And it was kind of this trust that, OK, he's going to do this again. And clearly that's not the case or, or something's not clicking or, or, or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, and the funny thing is, like, you know, I spent a lot of time talking last time, you know, Falcons. Uh, Matt, Mike Zimmer has dominated the Atlanta Falcons prior to this game. You know, the last three times he's played them, he's allowed 10, 9, and 12 points to the Atlanta Falcons. And then Matt Ryan comes in this game and has absolutely no problems torching this team. So uh, things are upside down in Minnesota right now. Um, it, it, it really seems like Mike Zimmer's tenure is coming to a close. I don't know how the contract looks with in terms of because he was just extended. I don't know how that looks with if he can be fired or if the, how the money works. or I don't even know how that works, but it seems like his hot, his seat is very hot. And I don't even know who the, who would be the interim coach because I mean, Gary Kubiak has pretty, has made it known that he doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. Um, do you go with another defensive guy like Andre Patterson? I think that's the whole point is to go away from the defensive thing. Right. So there's, it just seems like there's no, there's no like backup plan uh, for this team, even though clearly the roster is rebuilding and there's just, I think the, I saw this uh, analogy on Twitter from Matthew Collar. Uh, he does, uh, I think it's, what is it? Purple Insider is yep. his, uh, his, his web platform that he, uh, he, he does. And uh, he said the Vikings had in the off season, they had a fork in the road. They had two paths they could choose. And they, instead, instead of going right or left, they went straight. And that has caused all kinds of problems for the Vikings because they kind of rebuild, but they kind of went in the win now mode. And, it has resulted in the Vikings really being lost and there's nowhere to go because they're stuck with Kirk. Uh, they're in that awful contract unless they go Brock Osweiler. So there's just, there's no answer. And that's the, that's the worst part. Of, that's the worst part about this is that, yeah, yeah. We're comparing Kirk cousins to Brock Osweiler right now. That's, that's where we're at. Okay. So all of that being said, right. Before we get into the positives here, because there, there are a couple, I mean, Jefferson's a positive and I think we can find a couple other ones here. I need to ask this question, and it might be a little bit overdue at this point, but it's definitely a real question now. Like, there, there's enough objective evidence that even the most irrational, optimistic Vikings fan might be asking himself this question. And it's this. Is it time to start over? And I think it's a very fair time to ask. You're one in five. It's basically draft season in Minnesota right now, okay? I am under the impression that it's draft season in Minnesota as of, what, October 19th? Yeah. Okay. You have an opportunity starting next April to rehaul this team. You have some changes already coming into place. You got Michael Pierce coming back to fix your interior defensive line. You got Daniil Hunter probably coming injury. That's a piece you don't have right now. Anthony Barr, same deal. You've got the opportunity to figure out what you're going to do with Yannick Ngakwe. You might be able to trade that contract before November 3rd or whatever that deadline is. Maybe get another pick back from a, you know, a team that's really get ready to contend here or you can move forward with this guy you, one problem and we've highlighted this numerous times is that Kirk Cousins contract is basically immovable unless you know 
some team finds something really creative that I don't know anything about because I'm not enough of a salary cap expert. He's not going anywhere. But you can still start that you can start that transition. Kind of like Green Bay did last year at a kind of a weird time. The Vikings can do that same thing. Right? They can move forward with a guy like Justin Fields. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I I know Trevor Lawrence is the obvious candidate here. But Trey Lance and Justin Fields are probably more realistic. I don't think the Vikings are bad enough to be you know, the worst team in the NFL record-wise and strength of schedule-wise. So, I this is considered. you got Mike Zimmer and Rick Steelman recently extended. But you can get out of that. and Or, you know, the owners, the Wilfs, of course, have enough. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk about their wallet, but I certainly feel comfortable saying that they have enough money to pay two coaches at the same time if they really feel that Mike Zimmer isn't right for the job. So, and I implore to you that, is it, is it time to start over? Are Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer not the right guys to get this team out of this hole? It depends on what you mean by start over. Um, if you mean start over simply at the quarterback position, I think it is. Uh, and, and if that means eating Kirk Cousins' salary and you know drafting a guy and then just having Kirk Cousins be a $35 million backup, then so be it. Uh, if you're talking to complete roster overhaul where you go Miami Dolphins on it and anybody worth the value, you, you trade – I'm not really on on that on board with that. So that would mean, you know, you trade Anthony Harris, you trade uh, Eric Hendricks, you trade Harrison Smith, you trade Daniel Hunter. Like, you trade all, all of these guys in order to completely start over from scratch with nothing of value besides some borderline roster uh, rosterable players. And so I'm not quite on board with that because I think there's enough talent. And then there's also a bunch of young corners that, while they're, you know, being asked to do a ton right now and there's certainly a lot that needs to be developed there but there's enough talent i think that this could be a good roster if you kind of focus some attention on you know the interior defensive line you get a piece next to michael pierce there you get your quarterback of the future or at least try to right Right. uh i think there's the potential is there and so i think it's time to start over at quarterback um and the problem though with that is that you can't even do it until after the season because you know, Sean Mannion's your backup right now. Again, you can't so look. ridiculous. You can't, yes, yes. That That's the worst part about this, I think, right now. Is that, you know, most teams, when they get in a situation like the Vikings right now, you know, they can try some other young backup quarterback, see if he's worth anything, see if he can, you know, has the potential, and maybe run with him next year. It's not like that with Sean Mannion. Uh, or, oh. you know, the other guy, Nate Stanley. Maybe that's your guy. <laughs> so there's just mismanaging the, the backup quarterback scenario has also kind of left the Vikings hanging here. And, you know, it, it, basically this is the worst possible scenario with what the Vikings did this offseason. Yeah. They didn't pick rebuild. They didn't pick retool and kind of stay contenders. They did whatever's in the middle of that. And the risk you have with that is if things go wrong early on in the season, you have no other plan, uh, you know, no strategy involved as to how you can fix it. So you got Kirk for, I think they, have to, they owe him 50 some million after this year, even uh, combined for the next two years. So it's, I don't know. I, I have no idea what to think. I just know it's going to be a while before the Vikings are uh, competitive. I think it's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair to start the start over. So you've got it's like, we're talking like talking like over, like unload some contracts, like try to get rid of like, you know, Riley reef or Kyle. Well, Rudolph, they, when I say start guys, over like, or the trade deadline, I, I'm focusing mostly on the quarterback position, the coaching staff, the general manager, 
that type of thing. I don't think the, I don't necessarily I'm kind of with you. I think the roster when healthy has two or three blue chip players. You know, you look at Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks is probably your three main blue chip guys. You've also got Dalvin Cook, who's a blue chip, but also a running back. You've got some other nice young pieces. You know, you just drafted Justin Jefferson, obviously, who's a highlight from this game and really this entire season. Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dancer could develop into nice players. Michael Pierce is paid like a blue chip nose tackle for sure. I guess it remains to be seen what he looks like in this system. You know, Anthony Barr is also a really nice player. Like, you've got talent on your roster. If you get an influx of draft picks, which coincidentally the Vikings also have because Rick Spielman loves his draft picks, you don't necessarily need a full facelift on the roster. But you need you might need to change the direction in which this roster is going, yeah. right? Like what are you going to do with those draft picks? Those are questions we have every single year. But like if you bring in an offensive mind, for example, if you fire Mike Zimmer, if you move him if you move it move away from that era and bring in an offensive guy, you have a whole different perspective on what to do with those picks. And the roster construction element of it. If you're pissed about the quarterback being the backup quarterback being man in like I am, and you like are like it, it open to the idea of you know moving on from Kirk Cousins well maybe Rick Spielman's on the hot seat as well because you're right he didn't do enough at the quarterback position this year Jake Browning and Nate Stanley as your backups or your quote you know take a look for the future guys yeah. that's not gonna do it and Sean Mannion Courtney Cronin asked this question I feel like I've asked this question a million times but she answered asked it yesterday and I think everyone gave her a resounding obvious answer if Sean Mannion isn't going to play, what's the point of rostering him? Make him a damn coach. I don't get it. It, it blows my yeah. mind. Like, if, he's, if he's not the, capable of okay. playing, if there's no reason to play him, make him a coach. He's just If he's going to hold a clipboard, clipboard, pay him like a coach. He doesn't even count towards your, your contracts then. Just do it. It's ridiculous. Well, and so, like, just think about, look at the Eagles, right? Like, where the Eagles are at right now. Their team, they've had a really rough start, right? Really right. rough start, and they don't look competitive. They're at the, well, I guess they're at the same level as the Vikings right now. But they spent, what was it, a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. And so, if you know, and Wentz has been, eh, and they've had injuries, and I understand that. But they have that option to take a look at Jalen Hurts if something happens, you know. Now, I don't want the Vikings to ever go get to the level of the Packers here where they went for, they reached clearly for Jordan love um, traded picks to get up this guy that, right. you know, when you have a guy like Rogers, who's pretty stable there, it doesn't look um, like he's going to be playing, but use the second or third round pick on a quarterback every two, three years. You know, that's how Seattle will end up with Russell Wilson. I mean, right. and the fact that they haven't done that very well at all, they have Sean Manning as a backup and Nate Stanley. They have Jake, like, there's just there's no because I, I feel like they almost did this to leverage themselves into Kirk by thinking like, well, if there's not the threat from the public to bench Kirk, then we're I fine. feel that same way. I think Kirk was in on that. I feel like he's so, possible. I think he's so soft mentally. That he was part of the reason why the roster is constructed this way, and that's why, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, especially in football, right? It's a 53-man roster. Yes, I know that the quarterback position accounts for probably, like, a good team probably accounts for, like, 50% plus of the success of that organization. Hey, I get it. But especially with a guy like Kirk Cousins, you're really going to put all your eggs in that basket? That's the one? A guy that throws those eggs against the wall and smashes them? Like, it, it, 
Rick Spielman is to blame here too. It's not just Mike Zimmer. If if you're going to get rid of one of them, you got to get rid of both, in my opinion, because they're so linked in their philosophy as well. And I like Rick Spielman. Hell, I like Rick. I like Mike Zimmer too. But I'm on board at this point with the idea that it might be time to just move in a different direction. And I don't think that Mike Zimmer is capable of going in a different direction. He is who he is, and this philosophy might work with another team. Hell, he might go down to Dallas and win a Super Bowl next year. It could happen. It would piss all of us off, but it could happen. But I don't think his shtick is going to get it done in Minnesota. I'm nervous about that now. I don't, his shtick I don't works see a if future. You truly have, if you truly have your generational elite quarterback, and the guy is like, it's not a Kirk Cousins, like, oh, he might be top 10 material. And I think for what it's worth, Kirk was pretty solid last year, right? We know where things are scripted right. And it goes according to plan that he can sit in the pocket and throw absolute darts. We know that about Kirk. Right. But this year, uh, things have not gone as, as planned around him. And that's when you need your quarterback to improvise and save the team like the elite ones do. He can't do that. He has not a shred of that instinct or trait in his body. And so that's where the Vikings are falling apart. And I think, you know, Jordan Reed says this over and over on Twitter. Um our guy, Jordan Reed, he says, you know, Kirk was meant to be the final piece to the puzzle to the Vikings defense in 2017 that was elite, that carried that team to the NFC Championship and had one game away from a Super Bowl. That defense is not there anymore. Uh, you know, the surrounding cast that Kirk was, you know, thought he was going to have is not there anymore. And so now that becomes on him to carry that load and carry this team to wins. He just doesn't have that in him. And so it's it's almost wrong. It's wrong of us to expect that from him. That's never been who he is. Uh, so, and of course, I'm a franchise quarterback. You want somebody that can carry your team. And that's why I think it's going to be, you know, it's about time to switch directions there. But of course, of the unfortunate part of that is the Vikings are stuck with Kirk until 2022, unless some team is dumb enough to trade for him. So the only thing is with that, specifically with Kirk is that you could turn him into a bridge quarterback, right? You could pay him franchise quarterback money to be uh, a placeholder next year for a Trey Lance, for example, a guy that a lot of experts believe to be, you know, very gifted in his tools needs a little bit of help to round off, you know, round off some fine tune, some things, if you will. So you do have that type of opportunity. If you do want to go quarterback, but I do think like like Kirk Cousins is part of the problem, and he's definitely the you know in my opinion the biggest problem yesterday. But like you look at this team moving forward now, right? Like you look at the things that went well yesterday for Minnesota. Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, both had outstanding performances. You know, you got some nice moments from Cameron Dantzler. A couple of those tackles were really really nice. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, like he was he struggled in coverage, but a couple of those moments were really nice. Eric Kendricks continues to be one of the best, at, you know, in the league at what he does best. And Eric Wilson continues to be kind of in the right place at the right time, which for what it's worth, I know he's had a, you know up and down career in Minnesota. He always seems to be in the right place at the right time. So you've got some positives. You've got, you know, some things to move forward with here that you can kind of try to develop. The, the question that enters my mind now is just that, are you even developing the right things? Like, are you focusing your efforts at the right on the right players? Are you doing or is this right system in place defensively for this unit to work? Did you did Rick Spielman compile the right players to work within this system? I mean, we see it all the time. I think 
my favorite example is when Namdi Asamoah went from being an absolute stud shutdown corner in Oakland, goes to Philadelphia, and his career is over in a year and a half. Did, the, did Rick Spielman bring in guys that make sense in a press coverage scheme? I know the Vikings scouting department is in terms of figuring out, well, do they think this can happen? But did Rick Spielman make the right call with guys like Cameron Dancer and Jeff Gladney? It seems like those two picks should have been swapped, by the way, based on their usage so far and kind of where they're at fundamentally. Did the Vikings make a bunch of bad calls last year leading up to this season to put them into this position? And I think you've elaborated on that thoroughly so far that I like the fork in the road example because that's what they did. It's true. They thought they were better than they are. We are not who we thought we were. That's the situation that Minnesota is in right now. And that's ultimately comes to Rick Spielman. It's on him. And you do have a guy, by the way, that sits in the office in George Payton, who has been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for a general manager opportunity, who will have some of the philosophies and some of kind of the acumen that Rick Spielman uses when kind of going about his business in football operations with a whole different style. Right. And doesn't that sound yeah. good right now? Especially because he is fully Just, aware yeah. of kind of the biggest issues and kind of the, the, the problems that like us as fans, we not be, we not be as smart as the people in that building, but we sure offer a lot of ideas, don't we? And he's definitely aware of all of our ideas because he's been here. Yeah. He sat in Minnesota. He read the newspapers. And so you look at that, like George Payton, fire Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. I'm just, this is completely throwing this out of the hat. No idea where I'm going with this. Fire Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. You get Payton in there as your, as your general manager, bring in some of the things that are good, fix some of the stuff that's bad, and hire an offensive mind. Eric Bieniemy is the obvious candidate right now. You also have your guy in Tennessee, Arthur Smith. Smith. So there's plenty of good candidates. The Vikings have an opportunity here to make this shift. The question just becomes, is it time to do it? And I think it might be a little bit dramatic to say it after this game because I need to see one more game to make sure that I'm kind of right. Like, this is truly what the Vikings are. But I think the answer to that question is yes, it is time to start over. It is. Well, it's just like they can't like you can't show up that badly week two and week six and be a good team. Like there's like good teams don't do that twice a matter of five weeks. Where they put it's up separate, like what happened against the Colts. Separate periods too, right? Like the first four weeks was quote the preseason, and now we're in the real campaign. Yeah. And you're still shitting the bed the same way. Yeah. Just yeah. So I'm with you on the start over. I don't hate your ideas of of you know George Payton and um, you know if it's Arthur Smith, if it's Eric Bieniemy, or uh, whoever else would want to take this job right now because you have no financial cap flexibility whatsoever. Um, you know, but I. I I saw something today on Twitter as well. Now, I, a lot, I know I, I'm on Twitter way too much, and that's where like half the things I say in here are like, oh, I saw this on Twitter. But Darren Wolfson was replying to somebody and said, like, you know, you think about the Vikings' playoff win against the, uh, against the Saints, where, and you look back at that and wonder how much that changed the offseason because, you know, right. is, Kirk extended, is Kirk extended without that win? Is Mike Zimmer extended without that win remember the right before that week there was the rumors but oh should Mike Zimmer be fired is this is it win or go home for his coaching tenure in Minnesota if he w- doesn't win this game is he done and uh you wonder how much that throw by Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen in overtime uh for as awesome as it was and how great that was at the time uh for us as fans to beat the Saints of all teams in their building that now you're stuck with Kirk for 
three years on a massive contract. You just extended Mike Zimmer, and you're one in five, and no improvement in sight on that. It's it's just a, it's just a way to think about that game in a not so fun light. Even though at the time it was really fun to be a part of, it seems like that could be in the long haul detrimental overall. Yeah, I mean, if your ultimate goal as a fan is to win a Super Bowl and not just have a bunch of kind of sporadic fun moments, right? Like, yeah, you're you're you hit the nail on the head. Last last postseason, beating the Saints on a walk off winner, amazing, amazing moment, right? But like, is that moment? Like, is that moment plus, like, another playoff victory, maybe a run to the yeah. NFC Championship, is that all worth the one You Super wonder, Bowl too, moment? like, if the, Viking, if, if the Vikings don't extend Kirk Cousins, I bet Stefan Diggs is still a Viking. And so you have that, you know, angle on things, too, where it, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, one day, oh, we got Kirk Cousins has been extended by the Minnesota Vikings. Very next day, Stefan Diggs has been traded to the Buffalo Bills. And so... I don't think that's a coincidence, and I'm not saying that, you know, this is for sure Diggs would be still be a Viking right now if all this didn't happen, but there's a lot of that domino effect that took place um, where if the Vikings lose that game, perhaps Zimmer is on the final year of his contract and this start happens. Perhaps Kirk is on the last year of his deal and the Vikings can easily get out of it, and all of a sudden this future that the Vikings have where there's a bunch of young, talented pieces in place, a bunch of studs and stars, they can get out of that or get out of the quarterback and head coach situation easily and quickly and move, turn that over without wasting any more of the primes of Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks and Daniel Hunter and all those blue chip players that you mentioned. But uh, I, I don't know. That's a very like dark way to look at this right now, but like there's, there's not a bright way to look at what the Vikings are dealing with right now. You're absolutely right. There is no bright way to look at this. And that's why we're just, we're speaking the truth. We're, this is what I mean. I don't I, I'm not under the impression that my views and your views right now are any different than anyone else in Minnesota. It's just the objective truth. The Vikings suck ass. I'm sorry. That's what it is right now. And the ultimate question then is like, OK, how do you fix it? Right now? Neither of us claim to have all the answers, but the people that are getting paid for it better start coming forward with some answers or they're going to be out of job because this is a real problem right here for Vikings fans. This is a third. This is your ultimate third world problem right now. In the middle of a pandemic, the Vikings are a terrible football team, and our goal is to try to figure out how to fix it. And unfortunately, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I've never been more, like, kind of swayed by performance than I have this season. And maybe I'm right. I'm starting to think that Stephon Diggs was ahead of the curve. I used to he think that. He was. I 100% believe that. I used to think he was being dramatic. I still like the guy. I love the dude. You guys know that. But, like, I still thought he was being dramatic. Now I think he was just right. It was just right, and I think. Well, he always knew he was about right about. The, We're find he always out. knew he was right, and that he should have been getting targeted more. But right. the, the like there I don't, there was a rumored vendetta against Kirk. We don't know if that was true or not or what, but he knew when to get out, and now he's on Buffalo, and he's. I, I think he's among the lead leaders in receiving yards right now. Um, oh, and not just receiving. And so, <laughs> so he's clearly he he knows what he's doing for his career, and yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing else to add. I, I don't. We didn't talk much actually about the actual game because, you know, that starts with Kirk mistakes and then it's just garbage time from there. But I will say, Justin Jefferson, I'm going to be. Like, I saw, I saw Luke Braun say this on Twitter. Vikings are going to Andre Johnson this. For you know, uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be awesome for the rookie contract, and the Vikings are going to stink the whole time. Andre Johnson. 
I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, I hope that's not the case. About, uh, but... Calvin Johnson too, but he was just yeah. awesome and like legendary the whole time. But I don't know. It's 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 wild. Kirk Cousins has turned into Jameis Winston. Vikings are they're going to be bad for a while because of the way these contracts and the the, the gamble that the Vikings have made. Kind of a gamble. It was not even a gamble. It's weird because like they again the fork in the road thing. They didn't pick a path, and so it's just they have no. They have no plan for a one in five start. Like that was not in the cards for no. them. And suddenly it just showed up and now they have no idea what to do with it. Again, that's just another example of something that like the general manager has to foresee coming. And I'm not saying any of us saw this coming, right? I didn't think the Vikings were going to be one in five. We did our season uh, sta- like standings projections. I didn't see this coming. But like if you're a general manager, either A, need to see it come, have a plan for on what to do. Yeah. So now we have the opportunity now for Rick Spielman to see what that plan looks like for the rest of this game. Because, excuse me, for the rest of the season. I mean, you've played six games. It, there's ten of them left. You got to win nine of them. Postseason. That's not going to happen. So what is Plan B? That's kind of to me. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman have the opportunity here for the rest of this year, and really this is the focus of the entire campaign for the rest of 2020. Is Zimmer is the direction that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman taking the Vikings right now. Is it the right direction to get us to where we want to go as fans? That's they're auditioning for their jobs right now, despite the fact that they have, you know, contract security. They don't have emotional security right now. I don't think the Wilfs are afraid of firing a coach that they don't think is right for it. I don't think they're f- scared of firing, a, you know, a football executive that they don't believe is right for the direction. These two guys are controlling what they're going to do in this situation that they put themselves in. So the question becomes, all right, can you dig yourself out of your own mess or do we have to go find someone else to do it? That's the yep. question here. That's what we're going to be watching for the rest of this year. Because again, I mean, if you have, if you guys have some positives, feel free to throw them at me. But other than Justin Jefferson, I mean, even the Dalvin Co- Cook contract looks stupid right now because we just saw this team fall apart when he wasn't playing. And you can't, again, we said this before the season, you can't pay a guy if he's not going to play. You can't throw all of your eggs into two pieces. Kirk Cousins who throws that interceptions. Dalvin Cook is always injured. You can't I use this it. game. To, you can't use this game to validate like, oh, look at how the Vikings did without Dalvin Cook. He's that valuable. He didn't play. He was hurt. Like that's part ball. of what you pay a player to do is play the game. If they can't right. play, like Alexander Madison contributed more to that game than Dalvin Cook did. That is a fact. That is, there is clear evidence of that. You know why? Because Dalvin was hurt. I'm not, I don't want to pay a running back $63 million Every if he's going to be hurt multiple right games a year. Everything yeah. looks bad right now. And I guess that's probably a good place to put it, to end this show. Everything looks bad right Let's now. Stop. Let's stop. Let's stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Um, well, thank you for venting with us or listening to us vent, I suppose. Uh, you can continue to find the show on Daily Norseman. Um, make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network on there as well. Uh for our listeners, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere else where um, podcasts can be found. And, of course, Drew and I are on YouTube as well if you prefer to watch the show. So we will be back later on this week. And, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah.